It has been a near-perfect start to the year for England's Test cricketers, securing a dominant 2-0 series victory against host Sri Lanka, thanks in large part to some inspiring performances out in the middle with the bat from captain Joe Root. There's little time to rest, though, for Root and his colleagues as they head from Gaal to Chennai uh, to begin preparations for a mouth-watering four-test series against India, fresh, of course, from their own impressive start to 2021 with a fantastic series win in Australia. Further test for England will come in what is a frenetic year of five-day action, seeing them take on newly installed world number ones New Zealand before playing host in a return series at home to India. It will be capped off by perhaps the most keenly anticipated series of them all when Root leads his players down under for the Ashes at the end of the year. Chris Waters, the Yorkshire Post cricket writer, joins us to discuss the recent series in Sri Lanka as well as looking ahead to what lies in store for England in India and thereafter. We'll also reflect on how the sport has dealt with the coronavirus pandemic in the past year while looking forward to what kind of domestic season we can expect to see in 2021. Yorkshirepost.co.uk Okay, as mentioned uh, at the top of the show, uh, we're joined by Chris Waters um, for uh, what is the first cricket talk in uh, probably about 10 or 11 months. Uh, I know we were a bit lax uh, during the pandemic and uh, we didn't particularly do a great deal in terms of cricket talk podcast then. Uh, but um, there's plenty to catch up on. Uh, we're gonna, obviously you're going to talk about England and their two 0 series in Sri Lanka, uh, then the forthcoming series in India. Uh, talk about how COVID has impacted on the game uh, overall in the last sort of uh, eleven or twelve months, uh, as well as sort of uh, looking to head to uh, the domestic season that's uh, coming up, and uh, obviously great hopes for that. Um, you know, um, in terms of uh, getting a full season in. Uh, unlike the sort of truncated version that was uh, possible last year. But uh, we're going to start, as uh, as I mentioned, with uh, England's fantastic 2-0 series win in Sri Lanka. Chris, I know you've been closely watching it. Uh, were you as impressed as uh, as most other people seem to be with England's efforts? Yeah, I was. Um, I thought um, they played you know, pretty well overall. Um, I know Sri Lanka weren't the, um, the stars to the team of Sangakara, Jai Wardner, uh, more or less than uh, that sort of galaxy of talent. But... Uh, the old adage about you can only beat the team that you're playing against, and it's still a tough challenge in you know very foreign conditions with the heat and humidity. Uh, and I thought they you know they did well because of course they you know they didn't have the the luck with the toss and things like that. Um, so it was a really good start to the year, uh, and and quite a few boxes ticked um, going forward as as you mentioned to you know a difficult series coming up in India. Yeah, I mean, I mean, obviously, a lot was made at the sort of start. It's, it's, it, it is, in, in all intents and purposes, a massive year for English cricket, um, particularly the England team. I think there's, but was it, was it? I read somewhere twenty tests this year uh, alone. Or? 17, 17 tests, I think. In, Seventeen in the, tests in the calendar year. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's that's busier than normal, obviously. But um, I know last year obviously was impacted quite a lot by COVID, and there was a lot of sort of hanging around, and not a lot happened. So they're probably trying to make up for lost time. But I mean, in, in the lot, a lot of expectations placed on uh, Yorkshire's Joe Root, the England Test captain, uh, in such a big year. Obviously, finishing with the Ashes uh, towards the end of the year. But um, you have to say, obviously, over the two Tests. He, he certainly delivered in terms of what you want from your captain, didn't he? He did, yeah. I think um, only one player in the history of English cricket has scored more runs than him in, in a two-test series, and that was um, Wally Hammond, uh, the great uh, player for Gloucestershire. Uh, he did that back in 1933 against the uh, when they'd just come into the test cricket scene. Obviously, uh, a lot different to the, the star-studded team that they've got now under Williamson, so it's a great effort from Joe Root, um, and I think you know, mentioning Williamson, he, he's probably looked at 
people like Williamson lately who, who got a couple of double hundreds himself, didn't he? Mm. Um, I think just before Christmas, and uh, thought, you know, I've, I've got to take my game really to a new level and and try and lift the bar a bit. And I thought he did that really well, um, you know, because I think it hurt him a little bit. A test hundred last year, and I have to say, you know, having watched him when he came back to play for Yorkshire last year, I thought he was in absolutely fantastic form uh, when he played in the T20 Blast. Um, played some really outstanding innings, and and I, I just thought he he's carried that on really that that sort of form he showed for Yorkshire. I think it's a really impressive stay that he had with the club. He looked really energised and, and refreshed, and he just seems to have that bit between his teeth. Um, and you know, showing the quality player that he is. And you know, when you when you look at the stats, and he's he's leaping past uh, Boycott, Peterson, and Gower, and he's on the coattails of Stewart and Gooch, and you know, I think just Alistair Cook above him after that. Uh, you know, you've got to pay him proper credit and say that he's one of the greatest players that, that we've ever seen in the, in this country. Um, and he's what now just turned thirty, I think, in December. So you know, he, he could still add another. I don't know, seven, 7,000 test runs, maybe even challenge Sachin Tendulkar for the most ever. Um, I think Tendulkar played dead on 200 tests, whereas I think I'm right in saying Root's next test match is his 100th yeah. um, over in Chennai when England play there, uh, which I think what was it 2012 when he made his debut in India in Nagpur. So, yeah, he's had a, he's had a phenomenal career so far and I think he's just reasserted himself really as one of the greatest uh, English batsman of, of all time. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a pretty good day's work when you can pass three players such as Boycott, <laughs> Gower, and Peterson. You can sort of go in at the end of the day and, and feel quite satisfied with yourself. Not that, not that Joe Root ever probably would. Um, I mean, I, I know right, re- reading some of the, the pieces that you did during the two match series uh, over in Gala that um, you weren't. Overly impressed with um, aspects, some aspects of Sri Lanka. Obviously, not as not as good as the uh, sort of teams of yesteryear with the players that you mentioned earlier in the show. Um, but um, you know, I think like you've you've also mentioned, you can only sort of beat what's put in front of you. And at times, Sri Lanka did put up some kind of resistance, but ultimately, they just weren't strong enough for England, were they? No, no, they weren't. And I mean, yeah, they still had some good players. Obviously, that lad, Lassie Thembledenia, the the spinner, uh, was was a real handful. Uh, but I think really, you know, I think Joe Root on that form would have would have delivered against stronger opposition anyway, because he, he just looks so in control of his game. Um, and, you know, some of his sort of uh, sweeping did actually remind me a bit of peace and, you know, the sort of mm. reach and and the sort of um, you know, dexterity and, and, and at times ambidexterity. Thing, you know, he was sort of doing it left-handed. I think it was a, an even... Um, a reverse late cut in one, I think, the second test match. So, um, you know, I, I mean, Peterson is, is the greatest English uh, bats in England batsman that I've seen in the, in the flesh, uh, just for the, the whole all round sort of game. Yeah. Um, but but Root, you know, as I said earlier, he's he's right in that in that pantheon now, deservedly. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I think he's he's just a complete player, really. Um, you know, it was he's now drawn level, hasn't he, on hundreds uh, with Len Hutton, yeah. not past Michael Vaughan, his mentor, yeah. and he's closing in on Vaughan's record as, as um, you know, most wins by an England Test captain. So he's had a, a pretty good start to the year, 
um, a defining year really for him. I think maybe you know as a batsman and, and also as a captain. Yeah, it's all downhill from here then, really, isn't it? I suppose. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just draw before we move on to looking ahead to the sort of India England Test series. Just, just obviously mention the other two Yorkshire players who were involved in uh, Sri Lanka: Johnny Bairstow uh, and Don Bess. Uh, you've obviously seen Don Bess. Well, you've seen him in action while he was quote on loan at Yorkshire a couple of seasons ago. But obviously, he's going to be a Yorkshire player for real. Uh, later on this year, all being well. Uh, in terms of Johnny Bairstow, though, um, he's rested for the forthcoming series in India for the first two tests, sorry, at least. Anyway, that may change after the remainder of the series. Um, but um, put in at uh, number three, he, he, he did himself quite a few favours, I think, didn't he? Generally, he had a fairly solid series, would you say? Yeah, I think he had a, a solid series, didn't he? He didn't get the, the massive score that he would have probably been looking for, but he certainly, you know, he looked as adept as, as anybody, uh, you know, maybe apart from Root. With the bat, and I, and I think they are the two best players in in that in, in that batting lineup that, that we had out there, without any doubt. You know, mm. best of at three root and four. It was, it was like Yorkshire ten years ago, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. When they were both coming through and, and having their partnerships. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, I, I personally, I've, I've said it many times. I think best though should be in the Test team. Um, you know, one of the first names on the team sheet. Um, and I think he's, you know, he's, he's been poorly treated, shunted around the batting order. You know, I don't think he should have lost the gloves, um, and so on. So I, I think it's disappointing now that he's got into a bit of rhythm, uh, just got his place back. And of course, as you say, he won't play the next couple of games. But at the same time, I think he was talking about the, um, you know, being away from home a lot in in the current situation and all the restrictions around the coronavirus. And you know, you never know how that's impacting on somebody. But I think really um, you want your best players playing against the best teams, and you know India are, you know the, the India series is a is a iconic series for English cricket, probably second only to you know to the Ashes really. Yeah. yeah. And I think I think any kind of uh, planning that went into it uh, should have resulted in in England fielding their best, <clears throat> you know their best team in that in that first test, and then really for pretty much the whole series. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Maybe maybe the answer would have been to rest Bearstow for the series that's just passed uh, and saved him like they have with Ben Stokes and Jofra Archer um, for the India series. Yeah, maybe. I mean, obviously the other factor, Phil, is the um, you know the IPL which rears its head, uh, and and on this occasion is rearing it twice in very quick succession because we we only recently had uh, an edition of it, didn't we? Yes. In, in the middle in the Middle East, so um, you know, I I personally think that. Um, you know, it, it's it's a bit rich, really, on the one hand, for England to be kind of, uh, you know, sort of saying that they're, you know, desperate to improve in all departments, desperate to be the world number one. And yet, on the other hand, you know, let's be frank, um, some of the players are not playing because they're playing, they're going to be playing in the IPL instead. Yeah. Uh, and I think, you know, I don't think that, you know, I, I, I've always believed, really, that, that the game should exist as much for the supporters as anybody else. And I think most England fans will want to see the, you know, the top players who, let's face it, they're not poor financially. So, yeah. you know, they've already earned what most, most people watching them will earn in a lifetime. Yeah. So it's not that they desperately need to top up their pay packets uh, in these franchise tournaments, but it's a tough situation all around because it's hard for the selectors. It's hard for the players when, when those rewards are there yeah. and their peers are earning them. And it's just one of those, you know, uh, the greatest problems in cricket now with a saturated 
schedule. Yeah, yeah. Of course, of course obviously you mentioned obviously, uh, the, the, the wages that, that, that cricketers at the top uh, level are earning, Chris, but it's still some way short of what you've been able to earn in the last 10, 15 years what, at the Yorkshire Post, isn't it? If, yeah, if I was on a, on a central contract, I'd be quite happy with that for a year. <laughs> <laughs> just before, just one last thing where, before we leave Sri Lanka. Uh, Don Bess, uh, we mentioned uh, briefly earlier, obviously, but yeah. are you impressed with his efforts? I mean, he's obviously been marked out so, from yeah. an early um, from an early stage by England to be someone that they fancy. Uh, and Yorkshire obviously did well to get their hands on him on a permanent basis for the next, I think it's four years, isn't it? Four years, yeah. I, I mean, I, I've got to be honest, I like Don Bess. I think he's a, a good cricketer, the sort of character that you want in your team. And although he's obviously learning his trade as a spinner, you know, he's only 23, I think. Yeah. Um, he's not bowled a huge number of overs in first-class cricket, and he's effectively learning his trade in, in the Test arena. Um, and he's a very, very fine batsman, which is one of the reasons why Yorkshire signed him. Um, you know, to fill that number eight position, which Yorkshire balances their team out, particularly with um, you know Adil Rashid no longer now playing first-class cricket for the club, or indeed Test cricket for England. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I, I think he's a, in some ways, he's kind of a, a typical Yorkshire player, you know, sort of, uh, you know, feisty, competitive, uh, doesn't give in easily, uh, lots of determination, and I think lots of talent too, and I think, you know, he's someone to just persevere with and keep going, and um, I say it's not easy for him and and Jack Leach, but, you know, at the moment, they're, they're the best that we've got with, with Moen Ali in the spin department. So, yeah. it, you know, I, I hate to use the expression, but it but it is what it is, as they say. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. And obviously, he's going over to India for the first two tests, um, as is Jack Leach. And Moe, I think Moen Ali's been called back to that for the first two tests uh, for a member off the top of my head. Um, so plenty of spin options there there for England. Um, talking of that series, um, you've already sort of alluded to the fact how much uh, of, a, of a sort of jewel in the crown in the in the cricket schedule it is um, for uh, England uh, versus India. I mean, it's one to look forward to, particularly, I suppose, if we can just touch on this first, the, the, the scintillating series that India have just had with Australia in Australia, where obviously they pulled off a, a quite remarkable series win. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's really whetted the appetite, hasn't it, for this forthcoming uh, encounter. Um, and it was a fantastic win for India, although, I, I know, again, I don't think it's a, a great Australian team, but to go there in their own backyard and all the injuries that they had, and obviously Coley went home, didn't they? Um, they were bowled out for 36 in the first game, so to come back like they did uh, was, was terrific. And um yeah, I think you know they, they could probably put a couple of different teams out in Test cricket and still thrive at the moment. So it, it'll be a tough, a tough challenge, you know, again on spinning pitches. But I think Jadeja is still injured for India, so he, he'll be a big miss for them. Um, he's got a, a fantastic record as an all-rounder, really, in in recent Test cricket. Um, so I don't know, you know, I mean, the challenge for England is can they sort of try and go and do to uh, India what they did to Australia? Uh, you know that you know just as the Indians weren't fancied to uh, to win that series, you know can England surprise a few people? I think if they had a full complement of players, uh, they they they'd have a, a reasonable chance of doing that. But obviously with the um, with the kind of in and out uh, strategy at the moment and the, the rest and rotation, it's going to be a bit disruptive, and and they'll probably need everything to go their way. 
Yeah, I mean, just on the Indian-Australian uh, series... You just dropped me, drop, it sounded like you dropped me tea there. <laughs> no, no, don't worry, if, if I had, then uh, there'd have been a louder scream uh, than there was, rather than the, uh, the sigh. But yeah, just on, on Australia versus India, obviously it was, it was a series, great though it was, clearly, but it was a series that was also marred by um, certain incidents on the pitch. I think there, was, there, were, there were problems with uh, racist uh, abuse being directed from sections of uh, the small crowds that were allowed in. Uh, at some of the games, um, which was probably a bit of a blot on on the game, which we thought we probably got away from. But I think you alluded to uh, things in, in in the column where you were saying, you know, that leopards don't change the spots when it comes to Australia's cricketing culture. I mean, do you think there's any chance that that did Australia? I, did I, say that? <laughs> I think so. Yeah, I think. Um, do you think there's any chance that that we'll see a softening in the approach of the Australians? Um, or is it? It's, it's just second nature to, and, and and that is how they play the game, and and you know to hell with the consequences at times, I guess. Um, well, I think it is how they've played the game in recent times, but I guess when you you know when you're losing, and uh, in Payne's case, Tim Payne, the captain, when you're missing chances, um, key chances in games, then it, it's it's not so great, is it? If you're chirping away, it tends to look uh, even more foolish than it is already. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I just. I just fail to see how top-class cricket can't be played competitively without resorting to what we call sledging. I mean, Kane Williamson is the classic example, isn't he, of, of, a, of a fantastic player, great captain, modest man, um, just goes about his job, plays fiercely, so does his team, and they're number one in the world. Yeah, and they've got and they've got everybody's respect. Whereas you know, when Steve Smith and David Warner retire, you know. I mean, particularly Smith, great player that he undoubtedly is, his his name will forever be tarnished. His legacy will always be yeah. associated with um, with what happened in in South Africa, which was the kind of you know the, the sort of apex of that that whole culture in Australian cricket. So, you know, I I wonder sometimes whether players think about that or even care about it. You know, what is their legacy going to be? You know, when we look back at David Warner's career. In 20 years' time, most people will remember the fact that, you know, he, he he sort of didn't play the game in the right way a lot of time, and and you know that's a sad reflection. So I say, yeah, you want um, competitiveness on the field at all times, and there's nothing wrong at all with the odd quip, and you know, of course, tempers are going to get flared. It's not a it's not a Mickey Mouse sort of situation or a playground, is it? Well, no. as Al- Alan Border famously said. You know, it's not a tea party um, yeah. <laughs> with the with the expletive taken out. Yeah. Um, so, but that to me, that's that's humour. I mean, you know, you look at Fred Truman at, at Yorkshire. You know, loads of his former teammates will say that he was always um, coming out with, you know, funny, funny cracks, which at times were, you know, extremely colourful. But it's not directed, and it's um, and it's instinctive, and it's funny. But yeah. most of the stuff that you hear on the field now is is not remotely funny unless you've got no sense of humour. Uh, it's just inane, and yeah. it's it's artless, and it, it's not very uh, it's not very nice. So, as I say, if that's the way people want to play the game, then that's the way they want to play it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, we'll uh, we'll, we'll obviously uh, have plenty of opportunity to uh, get an idea of how how Australia will uh, be playing their cricket towards the end of the year when England head over there for the Ashes. All being well, obviously, we have to add that caveat to everything regarding sport these days, uh, because we really don't know how things uh, are going to play out uh, over the coming months, coming years, even due to the uh, coronavirus pandemic, which, as we all know, obviously, has uh, has gripped us now for almost. Um, 
12 months now, Chris. Uh, and, and obviously last year yeah. it was a major impact on everything. Um, You're not going to ask me when they're going to lift the lockdown, are you? <laughs> no, no, we'll leave that to greater minds than ours, obviously. But um, yeah, I mean, obviously it was a major impact on everything, not least people losing lives and then continuing to lose lives. But in terms of sport, and obviously for the purpose of this podcast, in terms of cricket, <clears throat> it, it had a major impact, obviously, with, on, on the domestic game. Obviously, Test cricket didn't take place until, um, uh, you know, two thirds of the way through the summer. We, we got a sort of a two month truncated season in domestically. Um, with a sort of um, unique competition in the shape of the Bob Willis Trophy and uh, just the uh, the T20 games as well. Um, but the fact that they were able, or that the, the counties and, and the ECB were able to get on any kind of cricket last year, given given how bad the pandemic was, even you know five six months into the uh, the uh, to the pandemic, um, was an impressive feat uh, in itself, wasn't it? I think. Oh, it was, yeah. I mean, it was, it was terrific. Um, I think all the counties came together as, as a sort of family, uh, for want of a better description. I think the ECB covered themselves in glory with the way that they uh, scheduled things and, and arranged things. So I think you've got to give credit to uh, you know the hierarchy of the ECB, uh, Tom Harrison, uh, Colin Graves, Steve Elworthy, those sort of you know those people who helped to put all the the biosecure arrangements into place uh, as you have to give credit to the, um, you know, the the teams that came over to play here yeah um, so I mean really um, the efforts of it that English cricket put in last year was were smooth and as professional as, as you would have would have wanted um, and certainly better than we've seen you know maybe from other boards uh, around the world so yeah I just thought it was a real sort of um, determination for everybody to to come together and, and make the best of it, and and I think as well the cricket that, that was played and, and and is and continues to be played has lost none of its um, luster really. It's it's you know it's been of the highest quality, uh, and although I think particularly in football, I don't know how you feel, but I I, I find it very difficult at the moment to watch football on TV without fans. Yeah. Uh, but I, but I think cricket has translated very well and much better uh, to that um, unfortunate situation. Uh, and and the the actual entertainment factor has been there and, and and been compelling. So yeah, I think I think it's it's great credit. Obviously, the game has lost an enormous amount of money. <clears throat> I think it's something like a hundred million and counting. A figure that you know could could well rise. And is that, is that across the, across the world Sorry? or is that across the world? Do you think? No, no, that's that's just England. Just, yeah, um, just in England. Yeah. Yeah, and I think you know, I mean, there, there has to be some. Uh, concern you would think about, you know, the return of spectators again this season, given given the way things are and the fact that the government uh, don't seem to want to lift restrictions, even when the most vulnerable members of people, members of society, have been vaccinated. Um, so that that that's certainly a worry. I think that uh, the sport is going to have to face. Um, but but what 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 we do know is that whatever challenges await in 2021 that English cricket's had its had a trial run and it's it's not going to be as as difficult as it was last year hopefully yeah and you know we'll get um, I'm sure certainly you know hopefully a full season of cricket in and you know let, let's think let's hope fingers crossed with spectators as well because you know there's some great games coming up you know thinking of the Yorkshire Lancashire game at Scarborough you know on a parochial basis is, is a massive game for for Scarborough you know, they could get, you know, 
looking at the finances, three you know maybe three hundred to four hundred thousand pounds in income from that game. Yeah. Uh, so you know these are huge figures considering what what we've just had and seen and, and clubs have suffered in. Uh, so you know I, I just hope that they can go ahead, but yeah, I think English cricket and, and the counties deserve a huge pat on the back for what they've done so far, definitely. Yeah. I mean, I know you're in sort of regular contact with Mark Arthur, the Yorkshire Chief Executive. And in terms of Yorkshire, you know, like every other county, and like you sort of mentioned earlier as well, face significant challenges, financial ones, you know, furloughing staff, furloughing players, etc., etc. It wasn't an easy time for anyone involved. Um, but Mark Arthur seems quite optimistic um, coming into this uh, the 2021 season. Um, that uh, fans will be back in some shape or form. Obviously, like you alluded to, obviously that pu- purely depends on the government lifting restrictions and allowing um, fans to be uh, returned to sort of sporting events. There were obviously trial events with football and, and other sports last year, and there continued to be that in other parts of the world. Uh, I mean, do you do you feel that um, you know maybe you get to April or May and the county championship, fingers crossed, starts as is, as it's is intended to start? Um, that you will we'll see fans of that early stage, or do you think we'll probably be getting towards like halfway or two thirds of the way through the season before we we get spectators back in grounds? Um, I think my honest answer is I don't know because I, I'm very uh, suspicious of the government's motives and and the way that they're sort of handling uh, this sort of stage of the whole thing. Now, I I don't sense that there's a, a willingness uh, to completely lift the restrictions and that they're going to continue in some shape or form for quite a while so yeah. my if I, if I was having a bet on it I, I would think that you know it's possible that we may as crowds this season as, as it were uh, but I'd be very surprised if there's a, a return to full crowds yeah. uh, anytime soon I mean I, I don't know what you think but it just doesn't you know all the noises coming out of, um, of Downing Street in recent days uh, don't seem to um Suggests that these restrictions are, are likely to be blanket lifted. No, in, no, in time for the summer. But I think that the season will proceed. I mean, I think you know clearly. Last year, um, we were kept off the field for what was it, four months? Yeah. Um, yeah. So there's there's uh, what what interests me actually is that I'm uh, from what I can gather, there's been no real talk about um, having a regional fallback plan yeah. as of yet. So so that suggests that counties are optimistic that they will get supporters in yeah. and that they'll be able to fulfill you know quite extensive traveling commitments as well i mean you look at yorkshire's schedule and they're going to um kent and sussex very early on in their in their championship program then they go down to cardiff as well so there's a lot of traveling uh and you know you think maybe another regional fallback model might have to come in if things are, are really bad. But yeah, like the Bob Willis Trophy last year. Yeah, which I thought worked, worked really well. Yeah. Um, so you know, it, but I think yeah, whatever happens, the game can adapt. You know, if 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 things take another turn for the worse and another fifteen variants are found and <laughs> things are tightened up again, then maybe they'll have to look at that. But yeah, um, I guess it's a uh, you know it's. Um, an open question. Yeah, yeah, it's impossible to tell. I know, but I like it. I like asking you these impossible questions. <laughs> um, in, in terms of Yorkshire, that, that, you know, they'll, they'll go into this season as, a, you know, as and when it does start. 
Um, in, in fairly confident mood because I mean, you know, albeit we only got a couple of months of cricket, two and a half months of cricket last year, but Yorkshire actually did very well in those two months or so, particularly in the Bob Willis Trophy. Very unlucky not to get through to the to the Lords final in some respects. And I think Andrew Gale was on the whole quite pleased with how how the players sort of um, put you know carried themselves and how they performed in, in the short season that was was made was possible. Yeah, it was. Uh, I, I, you know, I think they've got a very good team, a very good squad. Uh, you mentioned Don Bess earlier. You know, I think signing him <clears> is uh, is a sort of missing piece of the jigsaw for Yorkshire. Uh, you know, obviously they signed David Milan, didn't they, at the back yeah. end of? 2019, he played his first season last year. He had a, an immediate impact in Red Bull cricket. Played yeah. really well. And of course, obviously, um, he's, he's renowned worldwide as as one of the well, the top uh, white ball mm. cricket <laughs> batsman as well. Is he's, he's number one in the world for T20, isn't he? Um, yeah, but but obviously, he's not playing Test cricket at the moment. No, so no. you'd expect him to be, you know, to be available um, available to Yorkshire. It'd be interesting to see, you know, when England get back into home conditions. Who their number one spinner is? So mm. will will Don Best be uh, playing more <clears throat> red ball cricket for Yorkshire? You know he may he may well do. So um, I, I think there's a lot of reason for optimism and, and that an already strong squad I thought going into last summer uh, is is even stronger this time. And I think the key for Yorkshire again is going to be keeping some of their bowlers on the part. You know they've got two absolute crackerjacks already in. Ben Code and Matthew Fisher. Yeah, um, I know that you know. Speaking to Rich Pyra, the bowling coach, he thinks that they, they can be the best, um, you know, opening bowling partnership in the country. And I, I don't think that that's um, you know hot air or you know bias. I think that's that's fact. I think they're two outstanding bowlers. You know, Code is as skillful as anybody really in, in county cricket, um, and it, it's a surprise to me that he's not had more you know recognition. But you know. From, from the international kind of um, setups, yeah. uh, Fisher, you know, he's had such a terrible run of injuries in, in his young career. But again, you know, he's got all the skill skill level. Jordan Thompson's emerged as a real talented all rounder. Yeah, he had, uh, a, he had a particularly good two months, didn't he? He had a fantastic two months. So, you know, then you got you know the likes of Matthew Way, who's also been injured. Um, Steve Patterson still. Uh, consistency personified, signing yeah. new contracts. So, you know, and, and if you factor in as well, like people like Gary Balance, hopefully coming back from illness. Yeah. Um, uh, Adam Lyde is still one of the best, best batsmen in county cricket, without any any doubt. Um, I've probably forgot quite a few. I mean, Tom Cole, Cabmore, yeah. you can go through the lot. So, I I think that they're a very very decent team. Um, I think as strong <laughs> as anything thing, else out there, presumably. I think I think in Red Bull cricket, if they've got a full complement of players, they're going to be certainly uh, challenging very strongly. Yeah. I would think for the for the championship. I think in um, you know in T Twenty cricket, they've never quite cracked it, uh, despite some you know good signs at times. So they're still, you know, you always think that they're just a, a whisker away maybe from having a really good season in that format and, yeah. and getting, getting some silverware. But again, you know, Yorkshire haven't won. White ball trophy now since I think it was 2002. So yeah, yeah. C and G, long overdue. Yeah, long, long overdue, and it's um, it's certainly one of their their main aims. But they they feel they've got a squad that can challenge in all three tournaments, and and I think they I think they have. Yeah, 
Yeah. Okay, Chris. Well, we've reached the half hour mark, which, as I mentioned to you before we came on, was about as much as I could stand of you, and I'm sure it's likewise with you. Yeah, I thought, I, I thought I heard the pips going. <laughs> but um, I mean, um, yeah, we, we, we're obviously not going to leave it as long as uh, we did uh, this particular time. We'll uh, try and get back. Oh, can't, can't we? And imagine, yeah, on a more regular basis. And you never know. We may even give you an opportunity to talk about the hundred again. Um, on the next show, or, or anytime, ben, anytime you want to talk about the hundred, you know where I am. I know, I know. Listen, um, yeah. thanks for now, uh, and uh, I'll catch up with you again soon. YorkshirePost.co.uk